So it's a beautiful January Saturday here in Los Angeles, and I'm at the Westfield Century City Mall. There's a lot of big changes going on here, and I'm trying to check them all out. Plus, I'm going to meet up with my friends Louisa Spring and Ian Dawson, who are experts in augmented reality and virtual reality. You're listening to Where We Buy, the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. My name is James Cook. I research retail and real estate for JLL. Hi, I'm Louisa Spring, and I am the CEO of Fari Parks in the UK. So I was in film and TV for a long time, but I grew up in gaming. My dad was uh, at Atari in the UK. So, um, you know, I was really kind of a gamer at heart and then, but went into film and TV and did a lot with uh, production companies from the UK over in the US and um, had a lot of success with that. And then I was brought in to look at emerging technologies um, for a group in the UK uh, called Harbottle and Lewis. And after that, um, I saw VR and it was a really um, awe-inspiring experience, even though it was only 360 films. So now um, I look at it and think, wow, I was really <laughs> moved by that. <laughs> but anyway, I was. Um, and it was only a Samsung gear, and I really wanted to get into it. And um, so I started working with a company that delivered the Mini Cooper experience for the New York Times uh, VR app. And then after that, I worked with another company that was totally CG and all uh, gaming. And that was called Inner Space VR. And they did some excellent um, experiences called Firebird, which I helped launch. And then I went to another company um, where I bought in um, over $3 million worth of projects within seven months. So... And then I realized that, you know, I really wanted to kind of do my own thing. And that was when uh, the group in the UK came to me and asked me whether I would help them curate and bring into uh, the UK some of this immersive entertainment as their background was in uh, theme parks and leisure. Yes, yeah, so Vari Parks exists to catalyze opportunities in destinations with esports. VR and AR and we're currently working on um, a big opportunity in the UK now as well as working with some other mall groups over there to bring in immersive entertainment into their locations. So the very big project that we're starting to work on is at an exhibition center and it will be a big esports stadium with virtual reality and augmented reality experiences surrounding it um, and that is within an exhibition center but within um, malls there are lots of opportunities right now to put in immersive entertainment such as companies like Nomadic or Dreamscape or The Void. So esports I'm sure some of our listeners might know we're talking about video games but probably aren't aware of how competitive they are so would this be like an actual arena where people would compete and there would be spectators esports has exploded and i mean there are massive brands going into it 
basically sponsoring teams. Coca-Cola has their own team. Mountain Dew is very involved. Companies even as diverse as Geico, which is an insurance company, to uh, Mercedes-Benz. So it's a very big growth industry. And um, I'm very fortunate to be working with uh, the premier production company who have put together an arena called the Thunderdome, um, which is breaking ground, I believe, in the U.S. very soon, and uh, we'll be bringing that over to the U.K. The Thunderdome, huh? That's from Mad Max, right? Listen, I want Tina Turner to open it, so... (laughs) Mostly, um, we will have tournaments in there, um, but we will have the ability to show other things within um, the arena as well. So, if you can imagine a park that... When I say a park, it's actually a very big 200,000 square feet um, box. So... Um, Within that, you can have experiences that the family can enjoy or teenagers can enjoy, as well as maybe a screening of a movie within the arena. But, you know, we also really have been looking at mall opportunities as well to bring in immersive entertainment into those malls. Um, And there's quite a big divide between the people who are actually... Um, making those experiences and then the operators who can operate them within the malls and then the the malls themselves and we kind of bridge that so your 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 group is more of an operator and you have other creatives that you would outsource the production to is that how it works yeah that's right one of which is sitting next to me (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to him in a minute (laughs) um so we're here at Westfield uh, Century City, and there's a new thing opening called Dreamscape. Do you, what do you know about that? What can you tell us about that? It is uh, backed by Steven Spielberg. So um, if you can imagine, he's got his stamp on it. I did do a demo of it before, and it was amazing. That's all I can say. Um, and I have done The Void at Westfield in London, and that too was um, a pretty incredible experience being a stormtrooper in Star Wars. So, you know, it's as big as your imagination can get, really, with this kind of immersive entertainment. I think it will draw and drive people into the malls again um, and make it a leisure destination as well as a shopping destination. I I felt so lucky to do the Void uh, in Toronto, and I did the Ghostbusters one. I haven't done the Star Wars one. Um, but that was about 10 minutes long. Is that kind of the standard length of time for these kind of experiences? Yeah, I think the void in London is about 15 minutes. Um, yeah, that's that's about right, I would say. Some of the other ones, there are very simple ones that are really good fun, like Modal, for example. They've done a spin on uh, Pong, and they've called it Ping. And it's just really fun, but it's only like, it's about two minutes, two to five minutes, I think they do it, but it's really, really fun. Um, So it just depends if it's a very big theatrical um, experience like the Star Wars one, um, you know, that's why it's a bit longer. But um, even though you feel, you don't feel like it's, uh, you're shortchanged on the amount of time because you really are overwhelmed. It's... When you're opening the door, you're opening an actual door, for example. And so, but that door is overlaid by a digital environment. So if you can imagine I'm opening 
what is in real life a door to a maze and but i think i'm opening a vault uh that's kind of how it is um and then of course when you pick up the gun you think that you've got this massive machine gun but you obviously don't and they've got a lot of haptic feedback meaning you can feel within your chest if a bullet hits you it's quite it, it's very cool do you think that this is going to be kind of the tipping point for these kind of experiences and that they're going to catch on and start rolling out to a lot more places there aren't that many of them right now and they're quite picky it's almost like a kind of retail land grab in a way too so uh that's interesting i think for mall operators to know who's out there and who they may want to bring into the malls um based on the space requirements and the ceiling requirements um so anyway it's a very interesting world and i do think they will be throwing out more ip i know that uh nomadic is a very good company that will be going into uh malls through america i think and uh uh through the world and then there's other companies that are going to be opening in china so this is something that i think um is going to be catching on and more and more ip meaning high-end ip like star wars or ghostbusters is in the pipeline for all of these companies so making it much more of a branded experience and rather than a vr experience it's really an experience what do you what do you think is the right place to put these do they need to be high traffic tourist destinations or do you think they could be in all kinds of places i think some experiences will work in some locations and others in others um the very high end ones you know there's an enormous amount of money that goes into these experiences so you'd want a very high you know traffic uh, high footfall um but you know the smaller ones i think could work really in lots of different places from bowling alleys to shopping centers that are not necessarily kind of high end shopping centers awesome thank you so much for talking to me no problem thank you uh hi this is Ian Dawson i am the founder of augmentive studio uh we are a uh company that creates uh experiential experiences in ar vr um and uh my background is uh visual effects and design in television and film uh as well as uh interface design for uh features interactive projects and such uh over 30 years i've been doing that work uh, i launched networks in over 20 countries all over the world uh b sky b and uh star tv and uh msnbc here in the states and and many others but probably the thing that uh people would recognize the most is uh the ui uh i i visual effects supervised and produced the team that created the ui interfaces for jarvis in iron man 1 and 2 so that's probably the biggest uh So the the that is that whole in like Tony Stark's lab that whole interactive thing. Yes, correct. So uh basically when he's interacting 
with Jarvis creating uh, the suit and uh, in Iron Man 1 it was all about uh, you know creating the Mark 1 and 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 uh, all of the interface work that went along with that the the interface table interactive table and then we uh, we were sort of challenged in Iron Man 2 to, to up that as to what would be the next thing and so we made his entire lab a virtual augmented reality lab uh, you had screens but you also had this sort of holographic uh, world that he uh, interacted with uh, with Jarvis in so uh, uh, where he was testing suits and testing the different things so uh, it was it was fun to sort of visualize what the future of holograms and AR and all of that you know might be and I absolutely love the Iron Man movies so I'm geeking out right now that you were involved <laughs> in that so you you're taking that skill set and now transitioning it into AR and VR. Well, we've done a, a, a couple of different things. I did a, P, a VR piece for Converse uh, through uh, another company where uh, it was all about trying to introduce a shoe. And uh, I've done uh, a piece for uh, the NFL uh, for their logo for the VR. I've done a piece for uh, Reebok. Um, uh, where it was a sales tool for, for them to sell their shoe to buyers. You know, in the past, the way they would sell is they'd put up a PowerPoint presentation and they'd run through the, you know, statistics and the images of the shoe and all of that. And, and uh, this was the challenge to find a different way to do that that actually uh, got the buyers interactive with the product. Uh, the product didn't exist yet, so they couldn't touch and hold necessarily a lot of the product. So, how do you how do you educate them uh, and make it not boring and and engage them? You and I are sitting here, uh, you know, in theory, if, if if we had our phones or our AR headsets, uh, you know, we could be spinning around that Reebok shoe right now, and then you know choosing what color we want and purchasing it. But we're doing that in a shared environment versus a website or, a, or something else. So uh, that kind of social uh, aspect to, uh, to it is also an engaging thing. Uh, and being able to see that in a three-dimensional way in front of us, sort of like Tony Stark's uh, Jarvis AR Lab, uh, I think is a, is, a, is a unique paradigm shift that's uh, going to take place over the next five years. I feel like there's a great opportunity for shopping centers around the world to use augmented reality tools in a couple of different ways, and I know your company is working on that. We've been playing around with the idea of, of you know, brand ambassadors that are virtual, uh, that can become viral. Um, we've been playing around with uh, you know, wayfinding, uh, in a way to be able to find your way around a mall or a location or a city or those types of things. Um, uh, a way to engage uh, people to download an app and actually get a benefit from that download of the app where it's not just uh, that uh, they can get a discount or whatever, but they're actually being able to engage with the brand or engage with the location uh, in doing different things that uh, sort of expand their uh, their experience at those places. They might experience uh, something that has nothing to do with their phone and the app that they downloaded. It could be a very a large screen experience where a bunch of viewers can watch uh, individuals interacting uh, with something, whether that be, uh, you know, uh, animals that are moving around or 
or something else in the environment. Because everything now can be a trigger uh, in an AR world, any piece of printed material, a sculpture, uh, uh, any type of thing, you can create these activations actively in the mall um, that either people can see on their phones or they can see uh, by the video screen that's, you know, a lot of malls have as well. So you can create these interesting activations that way that are group participating or, or individual participating. I think uh, you're going to find more and more AR happening with brands, even in the stores themselves. The stores, as they go along, may not actually be carrying as much product as they have right now. And you may, uh, you may be picking out your clothes here either by trying it on uh, but actually choosing which color and everything else, you know, through an, you know, an augmentive system, and it just gets delivered to your to your house that way. There's uh, lots of different uh, AR possibilities that can be done here. The you know the brand ambassador is a huge one. Uh, you could have a star uh, virtually at a at a mall. You can change that out monthly, weekly, daily. Uh, and people can go take pictures and uh, and interact with them and then put them up virally and then you'll have your store's branding or your mall's branding on that. Let's say there's a, a, a printed piece of material that's either on the ground or a banner that's there. You could point your phone at that banner and all of a sudden uh, Brad Pitt would appear. Uh, he might say a 15 or 30 second message to you uh, and at the very end go, hey, let's take a picture. And you could walk into, uh, you know, right next to him and, and take, you know, a selfie of you with this virtual Brad Pitt and then post it up virally to, you know, all your friends and people that you have, whether it be on Facebook or, uh, you know, take your pick of social media sites. So. Uh, and then that would have uh, branding from, uh, from the mall, the shop, whatever, whatever was tied in. Well, thank you, Ian, so much for uh, sitting down with me today on, uh, I should mention, it's a Saturday, so it's not even a work day. And both Ian and Louisa uh, joined me here, and I really appreciate you guys doing that. I think this is a really interesting topic. No problem. Thank you very much for, uh, for talking today. It's great. Thank you, James. Thank you. All right. Um, now I get to walk around the mall. <laughs> so Westfield Century City is one of the best malls in America, if not in the world. I think part of what makes them able to continue to be such a success is the fact that they're willing to continually reinvent themselves. And we see that across America. All of the top shopping centers, the top destinations are putting in the extra money for redevelopment costs. So Westfield has been pouring huge money into this. They have a $1 billion renovation that is still ongoing here. Um, probably the marquee, my most exciting part of that is the new Eataly, um, but they've also added in new social areas, wine bars, a bunch of new shops. Um, the social areas are really impressive. So I've been walking around for a while now and I've just seen all these different little nooks and crannies where families and kids and grandparents and friends are gathered and hanging out. It's just wonderful. I go went and grabbed a um, grabbed a hamburger at, at Shake Shack and some draft Abita root beer and just hung out there and just enjoyed the sun for a little bit. There was a live musician playing Beatles and uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash covers and I just walking through everyone has a smile on their face now partly that's because it's a beautiful day in southern california 
But I think a big part of that too is they've done such a good job at creating a friendly, inviting, fun, invigorating atmosphere here. So if you're not familiar with Italy, it's sort of an indoor Italian food market uh, slash gathering place of restaurants along with, uh, I don't even quite know how to describe it. It's the Italian food Disneyland. It's pretty large. Um, it's over um, two stories. It's in um, part of what used to be um, Macy's here. I just went in around noon today and uh, it was jam-packed with people. It was definitely the busiest spot at that time in the entire mall. Now, later in the day, the rest of the mall seemed to get more crowded, but um, yeah, Italy was really on fire. Um, so many people, you know, you had to really squeeze to get through. And not, not all tourists. I did hear a lot of different um, foreign languages and I saw a few people that seemed like tourists, but for the most part, it seemed like LA locals. Among the new shops um, that they added here as part of the redevelopment are a couple of brands that stand out because they started online. Untuck It, War Warby Parker, Bonobos. Um, these are online retailers that have found that they can get a lot more marketing and awareness if they open up physical stores in malls. So as part of this um, redevelopment, they've also added in an uh, Equinox, which is a fitness center and spa. It's pretty high-end, perfectly suited to the people who live in and around this area. But that's the kind of thing where if you've got a membership to Equinox, you're going to be coming two, three, four times a week, and that's going to up the number of visits to the center. And hey, you might not go shopping every time you come to work out, but you're definitely more likely to do so if you're coming on a frequent basis. So in walking around Westfield Century City today, I feel like I'm seeing how an old mall can reinvigorate itself, redevelop itself, and refashion itself to be a hot spot for the future, a place where families and friends can come and gather. I also learned that technology doesn't have to isolate us. We can use technology like virtual and augmented reality to create new cool things that are going to bring people closer together. If you've got a retail question or comment, call me, leave a message on our Where We Buy hotline, and we might use it on an upcoming show. The number is 602-633-4061. Hey, if you liked this podcast, please tell a friend about it. It's how we get the word out. If you want to see more retail research, go to jllretail.com and click on Retail Intelligence. You can subscribe to Where We Buy on the iPhone podcast app or Spotify. Go to wherewebuy.show. I'm on Twitter, at James D. Cook. Our theme music is Run in the Night by the Good Lords under Creative Commons license.